This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and you probably know the Sunday scaries, but are you feeling the fun day scaries? You know, that feeling, all of the work that's been piling up while you're supposed to be enjoying yourself on vacation? Today, to help you calm your mind and hike that mountain, we welcome the queen of the Greek Isles, Paula Pant. And how about a man whose life is a vacation at this point from LenPenzo.com? It's the man who's sleeping in your car. Ah, we couldn't wake him up, so he's still out there in your backseat, Len. Today, we just got Len Penzo. And of course... The guy who's the hit of every family vacation. I mean, who else yells, get off my lawn while they're at Disney World? It's OG. And now a guy who's ready to stand behind you and push you up the mountain to success, not in an awkward way. It's Joe Salcihai. In only a very appropriate way. Very appropriate. I don't way. want you behind me pushing on whatever's back there. I don't the want to be back there pushing. That. I'm just saying. I don't. That's two of us, brother. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday, or as we say here, Friday. I am Joe Salcia. I average Joe Money on Twitter, and we have a fantastic discussion because if you're like us and you have been in uh, kind of vacation territory all summer long, we're going to help you get the dust off and get ready for the fall, which always is a time when I don't know about you but I'm juggling a ton. And right now we're juggling all these contributors to the show. Let's say hello to my co-host across the card table from me. Mr. OG's back from vacation. Super sexy. You, you took a, uh, you took a long time off a nice long break. How are you feeling? Uh, I think that I need some more time actually, (laughs) but, um, it was enjoyable and, uh, I'm ready for another break after a day with you four. It's just, he's just exhausted. Amazing. He's had 15 minutes with us and now he's ready to go back on break. And somebody, Feels like a day, but okay. Somebody who also got back from a nice vacation, Paula Pant from Afford Anything is here. I am here after spending nearly three weeks in Greece. Oh, that sounds so, horrible. Oh, how do you stand that? Live it. Just gotta be, oh, the clear water, the beaches the, the delicious food the uh the mountains i mean wow it, were you seeing abba the whole time <laughs> you know the, the, the god awful movie i have not is, seen said movie she has no oh idea what god. you're talking about duck yes but but i did actually i listened to an episode of stacking benjamins while i was in greece just wow one. really yes well uh, yes you're welcome paula you're welcome <laughs> Do you know what I think though? With all that money that Greece brings in on tourism, you'd think that like they'd fix the place up because all the pictures I see is like rubble and like old stuff everywhere. Like, wouldn't they repair like that Acropolis just a little bit? It's like it's nobody terrible. nobody goes there. Uh, uh, they they are actually doing a big Acropolis uh, renovation restoration type project. Um, big multi-year. I, I learned all about it at the Acropolis. Maybe it's about time. Maybe and they have a, a new Acropolis museum that's super cool. A guy that took time off from fixing up his bunker deep under Los Angeles is Mr. Len Penzo. How are you, man? 
I'm great. You know, when Paula first said she spent three weeks in Greece, I thought it was one of those Burning Man things, actually. I thought it was one of those weird things, you know, kind of <laughs> that they do up there in uh, Burning like she Burning was, Man. Land. Like she was literally in Greece. Like, Yes, that's what I thought at first there. So, you know, but. Being deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to say one oh. other thing. Paula, you look nice and tan and OG. Oh, what's your excuse? You're gone three weeks and you don't look Wait, tan it's, at all. Oh, I'm, I'm actually pretty tan. It's just Paul. this beautiful light that I have here. Paula had uh, quite a head start on OJ. Yeah. <laughs> like from <Yeah>. birth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she indeed she did. Yes. There was some genetics, I think, that uh that uh, didn't quite uh, translate over to me. Well, we're not talking about tans. We're talking about actually getting back to work today because we are uh diving into the mountain of tasks that await most of us when we head into the fall. But before all that, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, the cops, you, uh, get the, the cops. The cops are on the way to get somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, guys. I uh, just got to take care of a little thing. <laughs> nature of doing this live we got og here we got len we got paula we got doug let's get rolling it has been a long time i have to admit since i've been to the zen habits blog i used to kind of live here paula i'm sure back in the days when you Mm -hmm. were reading blogs more often you've spent a lot of time here as well Yes, absolutely. This was back in the day when I when I read blogs regularly. This was one of my favorites. Almost, I would imagine too. You've been here a few times, Len. Uh, a few times. I'm getting a little disturbed though about you guys talking about blogs in the past tense. I mean, I'm so far behind now. You know, time has passed me by. <laughs> I've still got my blog. No, it's like I feel like I'm in you know newspapers. You know, 15 years ago. So I don't. Think I'm starting so. to feel a little. I'm getting. I'm getting a little. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, Oh, I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm just feeling unsure about everything now. Well, welcome, welcome back, welcome, welcome back. Because <laughs> I'm stressed. I'm stressed, Joe. The whole time, by the way, you were working the full time gig, and and I was just here in entrepreneur land. You know, working online land. I felt the same way the whole time. Just unsure. <laughs> like that is every okay. day doing what we do. It's just a bunch of uncertainty, Paula. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. In fact, I was going to say, uh, Len, with that level of stress, it sounds as though you need a trip to Greece. There it is. The Just one the one in Europe, not the one up at Burning Man. <laughs> or, you, you know, you could try it. We could do we could do a comparison. You could just cover yourself in Greece. You'll have incredibly hydrated skin after three weeks. Well, as, as scintillating as this is, people are wondering if we're going to actually talk about time management and getting over this mountain of habits. So Paula, uh, getting over this mountain of habits, <laughs> this mountain of habits we're trying to build. Uh, Paula, this time of year, every year, it seems like I'm buried. Are you generally buried when you head into September? Yeah, absolutely. And in, in fact, I think uh, I feel like I'm chronically catching up. That's just a, a permanent state of being like half my emails start with like, 
so, sorry for the delay, but you know, when it is so chronic, it's um, it's it's no longer the aberration; it's the norm. Oh, gee, you've got a double whammy. You're not only trying to get caught up yourself, but you also have uh, the kid juggling going on. Well, thankfully, uh, Mrs. OG handles most of that stuff, although we're getting close to school uh, starting again. And uh, it's kind of interesting. The first sentence in this uh, article here is about coming back to work after a significant amount of time off. And, and I just posted on Twitter that I had 403 unread emails to go through. And that was just for one email account. I had the Stacky Benjamin stuff to go through as well. And yeah, it feels a little eh, smidge overwhelming, but but it's it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to go take a whole bunch of time off, that's that's the cost of it, right? You know, we talk a lot about making sure that you have a lot of energy to do creative things in your work, whether it's you're an entrepreneur and you work for yourself or whether you're working for somebody else and you just have to have that headspace to be able to do that. In order to do that, you have to have lots of time off to be energized. Well, part of the cost of having that time off is 403 emails. Len, does it feel different for you this year going into fall with uh, now that you're a little bit uh, retired? A little bit, slightly? It does. Um, you know, the, the, the vacation, the summer vacation thing is always a double-edged sword again. We talk about that double-edged sword where you have a, you know, you get to relax and take two or three weeks off. But then when you come back, you're just, you're just hit with everything. You've not only emails, you've got, you've got people calling you and asking you, you know, hey, you, there's something, a deadline that, Originally, you had five weeks. You've spent three of it on vacation. You got two weeks left. Just reminding you that you have to have this done in two weeks. I mean, there's a lot of things that'll hit you after vacation. And hopefully, when you've taken that vacation, you've you've recharged yourself enough to hit all those challenges that are going to come your way. I feel like the work doesn't slow down anymore. Like when you go away, you know, the work. No, it doesn't stop. Yeah. So Hmm. you got to work twice as hard the two weeks before and twice as hard the two weeks after you get back. Yeah, there's other ways, but I guess we're going to talk about things we do, solutions in the second half of the show. If I yeah, so we'll I'll wait until then. But there are ways to minimize the impact. But I'm glad you're bringing this up, though, Len, because sticking with you, I think there's some stakes to not getting caught up, right? Like people are like, no, I'm just going to have it be what it is. Like, what are the what are the stakes of making sure that you get on top of this stuff very quickly? The stakes. I mean, well, you don't want to get so far behind that you might run in danger of losing customers, impacting your project, whatever you might be working on. I mean, the attentiveness has to be increased tenfold to make sure that you don't things don't fall through the cracks. So, I mean, I guess mainly it's not losing customers and keeping your customers happy and getting back on track as fast as possible. Paula, other stakes from not staying caught up? Um, I think the, the cognitive load, like OG talked about how in a creative field, you want to be unstressed, right? So that you can, you can bring insight into your work. <clears throat> you run the risk of being just so cognitively overwhelmed. Like, you know, that sense of overwhelm kills the energy and the creativity and everything that you developed during your vacation. There's a, there's a great phrase that David <clears throat> Allen, the getting things done guy says, uh, talking about mm-hmm. time management, a great time management guru who says you want to be like water. And I think what you're saying, Paula, is it's almost impossible to be like water when you have all this stuff scrambled in your head. Right, exactly. It's like you feel like churning water, tumultuous yeah. water, rather than flowing water. And oh, gee, I would imagine with those 403 emails, it's tough to be kind of the captain of your day when you start off the day working on somebody else's stuff. Well, I, I knew what I was getting myself into. I was very ardently sticking to our free day mantra, which is no work stuff, no matter what. We we did a little podcast recording yesterday and I was very tempted because I was sitting at my desk. I was very tempted to open my calendar, very tempted to uh, open my email to kind of get a head start on it, you know, head start on the week type of thing. And I said, no, it'll be a surprise. I like surprises. Let's just wait till Monday and sat down on Monday and said, okay, I know that this is going to take me the vast part of the afternoon. And that's what that time is for is to make sure that you know, you have you have to allot yourself enough time, uh, that buffer time between when you're done with free days and when you're moving on to the next thing. It would be pretty foolish, like Len said, to kind of go right from vacation time just into hardcore work without giving yourself the space to get a little lay of the land. You run into that stuff like he was saying of like, oh, crap, I st- I've got this project and, you know, 
and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Leo writes in this piece, it's daunting. He says, it can be discouraging to face this overwhelming amount of things. And the tendency is to put it off, find some distractions, feel disempowered about it. Len, that feels great in the moment, right? <laughs> let's just, let's just, I got this mountain over here. I'm just not going to look at it. Maybe it'll go away. Like in the moment, that seems like a great option, but I think all of us know in the back of our head, that's not going to solve a thing. That's your option of last resort. I, um, I can't remember who talked about this a while ago, but when things get really out of hand, the last resort, the bank, the information bankruptcy is, is basically it's called email bankruptcy. And what you do is you just toss yes. everything and start yes. over. Right. Yes. I mean, I but you that. don't want to do well. I mean, <laughs> that's your last island once I mean, a year on December yeah, 31st. Well, yeah. Well, you got to be careful. You don't you don't you know, I mean, that's when you're really there's hopelessness there. You don't want to do that if you don't have to. And there's ways around that. But I mean, that's your last resort is email bankruptcy, wipe everything out and start over. Have any of you guys done that? Len, have you done that? No, I haven't because I've, which we'll talk about in the second half. I I have strategies that I don't ever let things get that bad. Oh, gee, you've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Take all my emails at the end of the year and put them all in a separate folder for that year. Never to be seen again. I took uh, Paula. Have you done that? Nuke your email. I haven't officially done it, but I've just just tuned out of my email. Yeah. Lost the password on purpose. And basically, yeah. I've I've just gotten so overwhelmed by email that I'm like, I just threw up my hands and kind of went, All right, I'm done. I'm just I'm just done. I took a course about email zero that that said pick an amount of time back in the past. Like this was step one of this guy's approach. Take an amount of time Mm -hmm. back in the past that says, okay. How much damage will you do yourself if you go back three months? And if it feels like too much damage, then say four months. And you get to a point, and I think I started at like four months back and then just deleted everything that was older than four months old. I'm like, if this was super important, somebody would have gotten back to me. And then mm. and then that definitely made the problem a lot uh, le- a lot more surmountable, I guess. Hmm. I do want to talk about how to get started because he talks about getting the dust off. Uh, Len, let's go over let's go over his tips first. Uh, he says to start slow. The first day back, I just dipped my toe in the water and tried to find a few things I could get done. I've heard from other time management people not to start slow, like start off big time, right? And do the big, ugly task first, because you have a, you have an, like a battery of energy. Do you endorse starting off slow? Just dip your feet in or hit it hard? The first thing I do, I always try to get rid of the, the, um, the little rocks, what do we call it? There's the big rocks and you have the little rocks. So I start try to small. get rid of those, start small. I, I want to get as many things done as possible and to make that pile of work and actions as small as possible. Otherwise, I think I would have given up in the past if I went right to my big rocks. And then meanwhile, I've got all these little rocks all over the place that still have yet to be answered. I always prefer to get rid of the little rocks first. It also hmm. then I would imagine behaviorally then also gives you a few wins to start off and then you feel like you're in the flow. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I mean, you've got people on your back when you come back from a two or three week vacation and there's a lot of things you've got people on your back and, and they're not going to wait. They haven't been on vacation. They have things that need to be completed. They don't care that you've been on vacation. So you get as many of those little rocks and that's, that gets in return, that gets lots of people off your back, pounding you with even more emails and phone calls uh, down the road. You know, Paula, but you and I both have interviewed several times uh, time management. She wouldn't call herself time management expert. I think she'd call herself time management like compiler of great ideas. Laura Vanderkam. Mm. Uh, Laura talks about the opposite. When I talk about a battery, she's the one I think where I heard that um, that tackle that big, huge thing first, because if you do like Len and Leo are talking about in this piece, you're not going to have enough energy for the big thing when you finally get there. Right, right. And and I think there's a lot of validity to that. Take the the one most important thing and break that down into the smallest constituent component of it and then work on that. It also reminds me of the, you know, the notion of the the one thing. What is the one thing that I can do such that by doing it everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. Identify that one thing and do that. Well, and it seems to me that based on what Len's saying, you know, clearing the deck of all this other small stuff makes it easier Mm. for you to focus then on the big stuff. 
Oh, so maybe that for Len is his one thing. Yeah. Clear, yeah. clear the decks. Oh, gee, you and I have talked about this. You've, you brought this up about uh, exercise, right? Don't think about completing the exercise, but think about just putting your shoes on. <laughs> As I stepped on the scale for a first time this uh, morning <laughs> after a month, but I was, I was assured by my health coach that uh, it's impossible to put on 11 pounds of fat in a month. So probably is just water. You took the dare and some fat. Yes. The good <laughs> I was like the good news maybe is I overserved myself. The good news is your diet coach uh, works at Krispy Kreme, so that's good. <laughs> he uh, he does. It seems um, the the thing with like email or just whatever. You know, like Len was talking about about like just doing the little things. I think about things like process of elimination. I try to make things get out of my way so that I have an easier path. And uh, I was thinking about this with the email situation earlier today. I didn't try to read all the emails. I have 400 emails. I'm not going to do that. But I did know that there was a whole bunch that I could just trash, right? There's just subscriptions and newsletters and, you know, whatever, just kind of the normal emails that come in. So I'm like, well, I can just trash all that. And that's going to shrink that size down or shrink that, uh, that amount down. And and it got to be pretty reasonable. I mean, I went through, cleared out most of the email for both the uh, planning firm and for Stacking Benjamins, uh, basically in like two and a half, three hours. So that's good. But, you know, you got to do it. You have to do something. You can't just stare at it and hope and pray it goes away. Just you could gotta, lose your password just, like Paula does. Just got to start moving. <laughs> yeah. And something else he says here at the bottom of getting started, he says, make it into a game. Do you gamify your task list? Um, you know, I keep score. Uh, let me say this. I keep score. I'll have, when I come back, I'll have phone messages. I'll have emails. I'll have my projects. I'll have tasks within my projects that I'm responsible for myself. And I will check off. I like, for example, I'll have, um, OG said he gets, uh, how many emails do you have OG after a week? I, or I, I, well, I was gone for uh, like, I had 400 emails. Okay. So I get usually, I used to get 250 emails a week. I'd find. So if I was a three week vacation, I'd have seven. Well, I used to get 300 emails a week. I'd find. Oh, well, you're better. But, but, a week? I'm not, We're talking I'm not keep, weeks is our time still here? I, whatever. But Amateurs. my point is, my point is I'm keep, I, I do notice like, well, I had 750 um, if I can get it down to 300 by, you know, by the end of day one, oh. I've done, you know, I've done very have well. A cocktail. Okay. Nice. And there's ways to do, and there's ways to do that. And I guess we can talk about in the second half, but there are ways to ensure that I have, you know, if my goal is I want 50% of those emails knocked out on day one, there are ways to do that. And you just have to plan, you have to plan things out kind of before you go on vacation, Control how you're going to delete. attack, attack this. Yeah mound of work and all these rocks when you come back. So if you just plan it out, it's not daunting. You plan that, it out. That, wait, wait a minute. You plan it out before vacation. Like how I'm going to do it after vacation. Yeah. I, I, yes. There are things I specifically do before I go on vacation, which ensures that the mound of work that'll be waiting for me when I come back, the way to, to get that down, ground down to size will not be so daunting. There's a way to do it. We'll talk about that. Well, in no, 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 no. Let's go yeah. ahead and dive into that right now. Len. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's dive into it. What, what do you do? Cause everybody wants to know what, what this is. Okay. Well, the, the first thing I do is when you set your out of office notification, I always said, if it's a two or three week vacation, I set that out of office notification for one day beyond the date. I actually come back from work. I'm serious. You laugh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, no, that's no, no, I'm laughing because it's brilliant. That gives me one day where nobody, that gives me a day to work all by myself. And I put on my calendar that I'm out of office, even though I'm in office. And that first day back from vacation, that takes the pressure off of more incoming little, stuff. Little me time. Little me Looking time. For little to, me time. To, all right. To kill. Okay. So then I got to kill, actually, before we go, is I set up rules on my email. I know certain people that send me middling tasks, very things that are going to be trivial compared to what other people are going to send me, like my higher, my bosses and my higher ups, they get higher priority. I'll set up rules. Um, so they, those emails will go into a separate folder and I have everything. When I get back, I know what's low priority, what's medium priority and what's higher priority. So that's already set up for me. Oh, and then I have the junk that I stuff. I know is junk mail that comes in like the daily, the daily status reports that, aren't going to be relevant to me by the time I come back. Those will be almost immediately deleted. So I can just blow through those emails as soon as I come back because I know 
the information's stale and it doesn't apply anymore. But that's fabulous. On that first day, you can just get caught up very quickly just using those three things. Here's all the hot buttons and you kind of remember all those, Doug. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in corporate world and some pretty big, pretty giant, some of the biggest corporate environments. And uh, your vacation sometimes can get ruined before you even leave if you don't sort of prep and have a plan like Len talked about. So that then, you know, when you're gone, you can be gone. You can truly not have to worry about what's piling up in your inbox when you're gone. And I did all almost all of the things you talked about, Len. The other thing I used to do is either pick a key person on my team who was going to be kind of the, the, the point person when I was gone, whether it was point person on specific projects that was, was under my area or just in general. Sometimes if I had a great relationship with my, with my leadership, I would ask, Hey, can you just keep an ear out for the really big stuff that's blowing up so that when I get back, you and I can meet for 20 minutes and you can tell me, oh man, you got to find out what's going on with the Nicholson account and you got to find out what's going on with this development over here. And then I know when I go sit down and look at my email and I might have had sometimes a thousand in just a week. Yeah, that was a little brag there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, but no, but but then I would know, okay, I got to look for those. So that was that was thing one. Just so I had a macro view. I had a plan when I left. I did all the rules that Len talked about. Rules can really be helpful, but sometimes they can bite you in the ass if if it mis you know, if it yep. mischaracterizes and it sends yep. something in based on a keyword or whatever, but it's still you a great tool. Just you just say, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. I looked, I didn't see that in my inbox. Right. Blame then, it on an, Google, man. An, another thing that I didn't learn early enough. Um, and this works, I know, in Outlook email. I'm not sure if it's in any other major email clients or not, but view-related. Because sometimes you'll have 642 emails, but 89 of those are all related to one thing that blew up. And sometimes you just feel like garbage when you see that you're trying to chisel through that number in blue that's all or blue or red, you know, that are unread, and you just want to get that number down to zero if you do view related, you can get knock out 89 of them all at once because you've read the most recent one that's in that thread. And you kind of just read down through that thread and then mark all the rest of them as Tell red. Them and you just, you just knocked out 89 in maybe 20 minutes reading through the kind of the thread at the top, starting with the latest one instead of having to try to work your way back up. So and that those be- are a couple of things I did. Yeah. That behaviorally then makes you feel really good. You're like, wow, I accomplished a ton by getting rid yes. of this, getting rid of this. Yeah. Entire you know, thread. it's important. And you're right. Dad, Cause it's important when you have like a, a role, when you have like a run of like a thread, an email thread of like 70 or 80, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. all related on the same topic. The big mistake, and I've made this before, is I, I used to start at the very oldest one, and then I would I would answer them as needed. That's wrong. You got to yeah, start right. at the last one because you would go through. I would go through, and I would spend an hour working a problem from an, from one of the older emails in that thread, and then it was overcome by events, you know, halfway through. And it's like, well, I just wasted an hour of time That's solving right. something that was already. That's addressed. Right. Yes. So you got to start at the at the most recent one in that long thread and work backwards. Great advice, but uh, Paula, do you want to have a chance to brag about your eleven hundred emails? Like just flex. Uh, you know, my eleven hundred emails I, are right over here. <laughs> I think the true winner of the contest is the one who gets the least emails. Ah, don't get the emails in the first place. Right. A little filter to send all emails to delete. (laughs) (laughs) Problem solved. Paula doing the Sunsu. The greatest email chain is the one you never got. (laughs) Sunsu. Exactly. Exactly. That's fantastic. Uh, Paula. 1487. Anything you did specific before going to Greece or elsewhere that you do and uh, to make sure that it's not a burning fire, dumpster fire when you get back? Honestly, you know, the more emails you send, the more emails you get back. And so most of the people who work closely with me have learned at this point that I just don't do email. And so I don't really get that many anymore because everyone's figured out that I'm I'm not an email person. I don't really communicate that way. People have just given up. So so that's my advice is just give up. <laughs> <laughs> Resistance is futile. I guess I think that's I love the it. best, most positive. We should make a motivational poster. Just give up. Yes. It's a good way to end the first half here. 
Uh, in just a few moments, we are going to do what Len alluded to earlier, which is we are going to have, now that we've gotten started, we know what the stakes are. We're going to start diving into some of Leo's and our best time management techniques. But before that, at the midway point on every Friday show, we have a trivia question. And uh, if you're brand new to this show, we have a competition going on between all three of these yahoos. In first place is OG with 11 and a half. The dude takes a month away. And contrary to the last couple of years, the guests have propelled him even further into first place. Nice. All right, cool. Len is in second with 10. And Paula, I don't know where the wheels came off this bus, girlfriend, but <laughs> Paula's at six and a half at this point. Right. So time to rally, Paula. You've got only uh, just four and a half months left. So <laughs> it is it is about time. But we asked these people a ridiculous money-related question and Doug has it. So here we go, man. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And as we discuss coming off summer vacation and back to reality, a vacation is supposed to be a time to enjoy your success and relax a little bit. But it doesn't always go as planned now, does it? Chevy Chase's character found that out the hard way in his four National Lampoon movies. Of course, National Lampoon's vacation. There was Vegas vacation, European vacation, and that time-honored family tradition of Christmas vacation. I think I, I think Paul has watched all those several times, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She's already, Paul, you just want to answer the question now? <laughs> she knows where this is going. As you may remember from the classic, Clark's cousin fell on some hard times. He got laid off when they closed that asbestos factory. And wouldn't you know it, the army cut his disability pension because they said the, the plate in his head wasn't big enough. Oh, speaking of which, hey, OG, how big is the plate in your head? Just... He's like on, he's you can't on. even you can't do that on radio. He yeah, just he's <laughs> making it's it's huge because I know I hit him in the head with a golf ball and it made a noise like a drum. Anyway, my question is when he asked Clark if he could spare a little cash, what was the amount he asked for? I'll be right back after I go snack on some hamburger helper. You know, I don't know why they call this stuff hamburger helper. It does just fine all by itself. I love that line. That's one of my favorite lines in that entire movie. Uh, really? Who, I who's thought... Clark? <laughs> we could have we planned this a little better and went, you know, Paul's in last place. We should probably play to her a little bit. And instead, oh, yeah, we go Paul's to... going to be at six and a half points next week, too. The good news is Paula gets to go last. Oh, geez. Got to got to uh, set the standard here. Uh, how much money did uh, Cousin Eddie ask Clark Griswold for when you need a couple bucks? <sighs> this isn't even fair to everybody else. I got to be honest. This is, uh, you just know it. Do you know I, it? I, I'm pretty sure I know it. I think we watch this movie 74 times a year between, I mean, it's always on at our house. Like we were, during, during the original vacation. vacation. No, you're talking about Christmas vacation, right? No, we're talking about the original vacation. Oh yeah. yeah, No original vacation. Right. Oh, that's right. Okay. I'm getting a mixed up. Oh, so yeah, I guess less I confident know. now. Yeah. Oh. I'm less confident now. I can mm. picture the scene. They're sitting at the couch, but, but uh, yeah, you're right. I guess it is during the regular vacation. Were you about to go Shelly uh, the month club? No, no. I still think I got it. Cause he reaches in his wallet. He's like, well, how much do you need? Yeah. Eddie? <laughs> and he like pulls out some money and then he like taps it back in his wallet and folds it back up and puts it back in his pocket. <laughs> Uh, 52,000 final answer. Len and I'll let you guys all chat about it while I uh, go have another cocktail. Len, Len, Len Benzo. Another cocktail. Uh, the keyword is You know what? I have no I, I mean, a I cocktail have, is what I meant to I say. have no idea. And I'll assume OG's right. So, uh, I got to say, in our writing, $1,500. $1,500. <laughs> I got to say in our, in our writing meeting, Paulette had this wonderful question that we we have here today, our, our writer, Paulette Perhatch, and you and I have both seen this movie a bajillion times. And, oh yeah. And I, I don't know. 
I, no. Yep. No idea. But I remember, like, I remember exactly what OG was just talking about with the money going back in. I remember they're at the, they're sitting on the couch and, and, and cousin Eddie has those white shoes on like his Sunday best white shoes on. And, oh yeah, I remember all of it, but I did not remember the number. I still don't know if he's got the number. Paula, if he doesn't have the number, what's your <laughs> number? I mean, given OG's confidence, obviously I have to Chelsea Brennan him. So 51,999. <laughs> of course. <laughs> God, if it's only 50,000 or 51,000, Paula's got it. Len went the other way and lowballed. So uh, no we'd love to tell you if OG's right or not, but we are going to in just a minute. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union Stackers lets you experience more from everyday commutes to your next big vacation. The flagship credit card, if you are paying your card off in full, earns you three times the points on travel. Now, here's the deal, Stackers. It'll pay three times the points no matter, but if you don't pay your card off in full, don't worry about rewards. This card is a fantastic card when it comes to rewards, but worry about getting your budget in order first. But listen to this. Not only does it have three times the points on travel, it also has a low annual fee of $49 and two times the points on all other purchases outside of travel, meaning the rewards don't have to end even when the vacation does. Speaking of rewards, you can get a Navy Federal auto loan if you're not able to pay cash for your car. It is easy to apply. You can do it on their mobile app, online, or by phone, and it's so fast, you'll get a decision in seconds. Navy Federal has great rates on auto loans, plus... With their car buying service, you can now go to battle against these rising rates and these rising costs of, of buying a car these days. It's powered by True Car, so you can shop, compare, and get upfront pricing on your next new or used car. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, open to armed forces, the DOD, veterans, and their families. Flagship rates are variable and range between 10.74 and 18% APR. Based on creditworthiness, ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, we're able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now... Because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. OG, you kick this off with a, uh, I'm going to say more than a little confident, 52,000, feeling pretty good? I'm... Uh, I'm- I'm feeling pretty good. Len, you went with the low ball, though. I, I have no idea. Have you seen None. the movie? Yeah, I don't even remember the scene. <laughs> I just remember him oh. folding his wallet out like, oh, I think you're going to need like yeah. 20 bucks. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, how much do you need, Eddie? And he like, he like literally takes a little bit of it out. And then he's like, $52,000. And he's like, and he like, just like taps it back into his wallet and folds it back up and like puts it back into his pockets. It's early-ish in the movie. I mean, in the first third, because they haven't made it to Wally World yet. Mm. They're on their way Wally out. It's like the last 5%. Yeah. I think I've only seen that movie like two times. So it's, uh, It still holds. I think that a lot of the humor still works. Paula, you feeling good about uh, Chelsea Brennan? <laughs> I am. I mean, you know, that's it's the best uh, 
It's it's certainly the best approach. It's like what Figure else? Figure out who seems more confident. Who seems more? Yes, more of the two. Well, more confident. See. I think it'd be really funny, Paula, if he had no right to be confident. He's like way off. So <laughs> let's see if he remembers the scene as well as he thinks he does. Hey there, stackers. I'm road warrior and ketchup connoisseur, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Cousin Eddie was played by Randy Quaid, who owned both a stunning flesh-toned wife beater and maybe the world's most toxic RV septic tank. But the homestead wasn't going to be his for much longer because the bank was on him like flies on a rib roast. So how much did Cousin Eddie ask to borrow? Hold on a second, Doug. Hold on a second, because I think I think I might have the clip right here. Laid off when they closed that asbestos factory. <clears throat> now, wouldn't you know it, the Army cuts my disability pension because they said that the plate in my head wasn't big enough. Eddie, Clark and Ellen don't want to hear about our troubles. No, no, it's very interesting. Well, I did I didn't want to ask you, Clark, you know, but could you maybe spare a little, you know, extra cash? Sure, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> How much you need? About $52,000. <laughs> Eddie puts his wallet back away. Oh, geez, a winner. Uh, oh, so there's the answer. $52,000. In all fairness, Paula was close too because he did say about 52,000. <laughs> I think what he I think the judges think that by 52,000 he met 519. Mm-hmm. Ah, was was what he met. So the rich get richer. Not 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 what we were hoping for there, Doug. Never what I'm hoping for for OG to have a lead. No, I like him gotta ornery keep these, and uh, angry. You got to keep these uh, little Hershey kisses that I, uh, that I, you know, I just want to, I want to pass the Hershey kisses around too. So that like maybe in, I don't know, six or seven years, somebody's like, are we supposed to eat these? <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. I didn't refresh the Hershey kisses. This still the ones that are in the trophy. Lens taste tested what are we all those about? like 20 year old trophy, uh, <laughs> the trophy for winning, Doug, you wouldn't know 20 year old chocolates. What? Yeah. I got a there, trophy. Were, there was chocolate in the trophy. Yeah, it's still sitting there. Yeah. I don't know the rules. I don't know if it's Is it sitting it. in your front window right now in the 312 degree Texas heat? <laughs> I do know the rule of the podcast, which is that we try to move it along. So here we go. It is far too late, Len. <laughs> Scintillating discussion on, on, on uh, chocolate in the trophy. Could you describe the chocolate in the trophy? It sounds like a euphemism for something. (laughs) (laughs) After dinner tonight, I'm going to put a little chocolate. (laughs) Second half of this disgusting podcast brought to you by Magnify Money. You know what happens, Paula, when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash Magnify Money? You discover that the products at your brick and mortar establishment are nowhere near the best in class? Nowhere near! There's so many great options online. StackyBenjamins.com slash uh, Magnify Money gets you there. Maybe you can do a trivia question asking what percentage of of, uh, of goods there that they compare. Yeah, but, you know, then, but, find but then OG gets to go first. So, you, you know, we got to do <laughs> something where he doesn't say 52,000. I'll never understand it, Joe. I mean, it happened last week, too, when you asked our guest, you know, what happens when you go to you're writing them a blank check and they're giving you like they're like, oh, five dollars. Yeah, I'll take five dollars. Who gives a straight answer when you open up and you're like, you can say anything you want right now. Well, what happens when you go to and they just give you the boring milk toast? Oh, oh, I think you get some very beneficial products. Maybe it's not boring and milk toast. Maybe Paulo is being nice so we can move on. Or we could talk about the chocolate more. <laughs> something. something. Uh, in the second half of the show, I want to dive in to the things that Leo talks about into what your best time management tips are. He talks about how to focus. And Len, we'll start with you. He says, first, I pick a handful of things to focus on today. Just three to five. If it's more than five. They better be small things, but I don't like having a long list because it's hard to focus. 
you find that start your day with a with managing the size of the task list? The first thing I do is I tackle those emails because that's that's a daunting number, whatever it is. And my goal is to get that down to something that doesn't freak me out. So I take all of the emails that are easy to answer or just plain ignore and I get rid of them. I read them and get rid of them. Hopefully by, you know, lunch, I've whittled that email list down by at least half. So that's the first, that's the very first thing I do. What about the danger though, Len? Because I've heard a danger of that approach. And the danger of that approach is you begin your day working on somebody else's list of priorities instead of your own. Well, my list of priorities is my, my priority is getting that email list down and, and getting rid of the ones that are just, they're distracting and they're not, they're not helping me at all. So that's my priority is to get rid of those things. Now, remember, I've at this point, everybody thinks I'm still off a day. So I can afford to do things that I don't have to get to the most important thing on day one, because technically everybody thinks I'm gone anyways. So I want to get rid of that, all that minutia, all those small rocks as quickly as possible. Is that different on just a regular day? On a regular day, do you start with email or do you start with what lens? Because your priority is not going to be, your emails, emails not going to be your priority every day, is it? Well, it depends what the emails are. You know, usually when you're not on vacation, they you can manage it during the day much easier and you know which ones are important and which ones you can answer. So it's a totally different, totally different animal when you're not on vacation, how you treat your emails. Yeah. OG, how about you? Uh, Start your, start your day, uh, manage the task list. I think from a daily kind of weekly operational standpoint, you have to know what you're getting yourself into and whether that's like to look at a task list or to, uh, you know, go through email, I, I think it's really important to have a process that you're going to follow every single solitary day, because if you don't, then you just start reacting to different things. You know, we talk about from an investing perspective, like being all helter skelter because the stock market's doing whatever it's doing. And how should I react to, you know, if you do that with your normal day, you're going to, you're, you're, you're never going to get anything done. You're going to get a whole bunch of half things done. So instead organize your day, think about the two or three things that you need to get done. I use a planner that has the big three, which is the three most important tasks. And I write those down. And then any other tasks that I come up with through the day. And and if all I got done was the top three, that's good. So just it, I, th- I think it's just the organization. Like if you go email, task, meetings, that's fine. If you go task, email, meetings, meetings, task, email, like whatever your thing is. As long as you hit it. those big three. Yeah. And, yeah. and plan out yeah. the beginning of the day. Len, I want to go back to you for a second because I realized in the first half you said something about like there was some like reward for getting your stuff done during the day. And I'm not sure that we covered that. Do you get like treats for yourself at the end of the day? Do you, does, Chocolate, the, maybe? does the honeybee take you to Dairy Queen? <laughs> like what, what happens? Well, the reward is basically I've, I've lowered my mound of work to something that looks manageable and is not so daunting when I first walked uh, in the office. And that's the reward. It's like, ah, oh, normalcy. Or something close to normalcy, or or that reassurance that everything's going to be, everything's going to be okay, and we're good, and we're not drowning, and we're going to, especially tomorrow when I people really know I'm back, you know, I'll be able to hit the ground running and in control. Speaking of Dairy Queen, by the way, my my kids swam with Sam swam me too. My kids swam at Peanut Buster Parfait. My kids swam with <laughs> with with another with another uh, mom's kid. They kids. swam in a peanut butter parfait. No, hold on. You said you like Dairy Queen. I said me too. Peanut butter parfait. Isn't that what you said? It was the internet. The internet hosed you on a few a few prepositions <laughs> there. I got to be honest. There was. It sounded like more of just verbs and nouns. I didn't get the. I didn't get the whole phrase, but uh, but I believe you. Uh, anyway, I like it. Uh, uh, well, now the story is way too long. Anyway, uh, this mom got so worried. <laughs> mom, mom got so worried about her kids freaking out about getting DQ'd in swim meets that she said that if you DQ, that means we go to Dairy Queen. And so I, I don't know if that teaches your kids the right thing, but the kids were no longer what? worried about getting disqualified in the swim meet. It was yeah, mom teaching her kids. Sure they stuff. were actively trying to jump the starters' gun. That's what I would have done <laughs> for a peanut butter <laughs> parfait. The, the starter's yeah. like, swimmer set, and I'm in the water. <laughs> Sorry, man, but we're going to Dairy Queen. Paula, uh, how about you? This idea of managing the task list? 
I go good. I thought you were about to ask me a question about Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Um, so I would say typically I have something, usually one or two things that are on my mind that are providing that cognitive stress, that cognitive load. And so I know right away, like, all right, what's, what's stressing me out the most? That's clearly the thing that I've got to, uh, that I've got to do first. Um, I'll tackle that. And then coming back from a trip, no meetings for the first at least day. Ideally, if I can have two days of no meetings, that would be ideal. Or if I have to have a meeting, I'll have like, you know, I'll only meet with like one key most important person. But I think having having that space, having that time lets me tackle the tasks. The only one of the three of you that I got a sense of starting with ROI from was, was OG. Paula, you talk about the one that freaks you out the most is the mm-hmm. one that you do first, not the one with the highest ROI? Correct. Yeah, no, just the one that's stressing me out the most. Just to get it off your brain. Yeah, exactly. Where does ROI fit I, I'm in? Not, I'm not saying that's necessarily the best thing to do. I'm just sharing a... No, well, I'm, the, well maybe it is for you because you can't even get to the mm-hmm. ROI if you're freaked out about it. Like Len, it seems, you know, kind of neurotic about his email. So because <laughs> because of that, like if, if Len gets his email taken care of, then he can focus on the ROI. But where does the return on time, return on investment, return on, I don't know, quality of life fit into that equation? You're asking me? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> Keep talking to I me. mean, so return on quality of life is high because it then reduces the stress. Stress is gone. But in terms of, is it necessarily the act that is going to propel my business forward the most? Probably not. We talk about money management decisions, Len. When you're back from vacation, how does then looking at your money, maybe changing up your money, making money moves, where does that fit into this list of things that you need to do when you get back from vacation? So you're not talking about my personal, yeah. my personal finances. Yeah. If the payments are automated, the vacation was planned and budgeted. Uh, I don't think it makes any difference at all. That's never, never really been an issue. There's no I, I don't review think the stocks, review the portfolio or. After a couple of weeks, it's like, you know. Mm, not at all. Nah. Uh, OG. Nope. Back from vacation, looking at the personal finance picture. Where does that, where does that oh, fit in? Oh, goodness gracious. God, no. I don't want to look at any of that stuff. I did happen to just look at the American Express card from being gone. And, and we were on vacation, vacation. We, you know, we played putt-putt golf and went to Mackinac Island and rented bikes. And by the way, if you, uh, if you rent a bike, so this is just for everybody who's listening. <laughs> Doug, Doug has already heard the story. Maybe I don't know. If you, if <laughs> I don't Doug know, Doug is so losing it. I know he's he's gone. Oh man, no go. Doug, I know where this Doug, story is going. Please just Doug. Doug it. lost it. All right. So uh, we rented bikes from Mackin Island. You know, it costs however much it costs. Uh, my son set it down on the kickstand. The kickstand broke off. <laughs> crashed the bike. No big deal. We pick up the pieces. You know, take it back. We're like, hey, sorry, the kickstand broke. And the guy goes, yeah, it'll be ten bucks. Like, excuse me. <laughs> What? Because your bike, your your bike broke it. And he's like, "Well, you guys had it. It wasn't broken when we gave it to you." So, wow. F Y I. Should have said, "My son hurt his foot, and there was a hospital bill." That's right. Yes, I, I could have said that, Shefflers, <laughs> or um, but um, you know. Anyways, otherwise, uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to look at the personal finances for a while after. Like, I, I need. I need all of the the vacation stuff to kind of meld into the rest of the expenses before I. You just go. Oh, geez, that was an expensive month. You know. That just assumes I think that the budget is already in check, right? I mean, if 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 you're working on a vacation without a budget, I think you're just asking for trouble. Paula, well, how about? Yeah, that's yeah, just silly. Yeah, Paula, how about you? Where does the personal finance aspect when you get back? When you dive into that? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that I dive into it. Like I, I have a loose sense of how much this trip is going to cost, but also similar to OG, I just sort of think in terms of what did I spend this month and plan really around the month, not around the, the specific trip. I want to end where Leo ends because I think this is super inspirational, Paula. He ends with, instead of looking this at this as daunting, you can change this whole this whole thing just by changing your viewpoint. And I really like that idea to end this piece, that instead of thinking of this as daunting, think of it as an opportunity, a place I get joy, a place where I'm discovering new things. Feel the same way? 
Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I mean, that feels very, it's great in theory. I think the reality is we can try to avoid a sense of being daunted by work. We can try to find joy in work. Some moments it's there, some moments it's not. It's a great aspiration. But the day-to-day of work often is a function of how you're feeling that day, the people that you're talking to, the project that you're working on, the music that you're listening to at the time, and all of it sort of, but don't you start I guess, that, like water. Yeah, don't you start that, flows. start aspirational and let the day tear itself away if it's going to be <laughs> bad. You know what I mean? I like, hey, if I've got this mountain of stuff, let's dive into the opportunity piece of it, not feel freaked out. Because if I feel freaked out, I'm going to do less of it. If I feel like, hey, this is a time, what does he say? What if the mountain of tasks and emails becomes this place of adventure, exploration, play, curiosity, learning, and joy? Hmm. I can just imagine Len skipping over to his emails as I read that. So mm-hmm. I think that's gonna I think that's gonna do it for today. Let's find out what all you guys are doing with your time and efforts. Uh, OG, you are um, you're back, elbow deep. Yes. Elbow deep in it. Uh, after school activity, hardcore from now until uh, late November, early December, probably three times a week and then some. So, yeah, kids start school on Tuesday. All sorts of fun. Len, now that the big annual sandwich surveys back, not only it's got to be one of your biggest posts of the year. It's, a, it's one of our biggest podcasts of the year now. Now that we're back beyond that, what's next? What are we doing now? Well, that's the, I just finished the sandwich survey. So yeah, that's it. And, um, after that, I did a little story on uh, ATM machines. Does anybody still use ATM machines? I know I that's do. redundant. ATMs. Like, that's redundant. Once I do, a, yeah. Once a month, maybe. Do, okay. So, so what I, I've put together 18 amazing facts that you probably never knew about the ATM machine. Uh-huh. So stop on by. If you're, if you're not interested in the sandwich survey, stop on by and you can read up on some really cool trivia about ATMs. Or it's a two for Len. You come for the sandwich survey if people haven't read it yet and you stay for the ATMs. Yes. Yes, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It's not either or it's both peeps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Paula, what's happening at the afford anything podcast? On the Afford Anything podcast, of course, every other episode is with this crazy guy named Joe Saul C. Hi. What? We answer. It's true. It's absolutely true. We answer questions that come in (laughs) from our community. All the best questions around everything from retirement planning to asset allocation decisions to just setting your priorities in life. We tackle this big smorgasbord of of various cues, offer A's to the cues. Wow. Wow. We. While we uh, make sure to get you ever in this- do a charcuterie board or is it always a smorgasbord? Oh, yes. Sometimes mm. it is a charcuterie board. Sometimes it's upgraded. <laughs> yes. yes. With a side yeah. of spindrift. We that get in as much delicious. spindrift, many spindrift references as we can get into the show as well. And that's at the Afford Anything podcast where finer podcasts are distributed. All right. Uh, hey, uh, one more thing for our audience which is uh, thanks for hanging out with us today on YouTube because of the way my uh, internet's been wasn't able to include our studio audience as much as we have been in the past, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't come hang out with us. Watch the show being made for just a couple more weeks this summer. We're going to be doing this live head to YouTube, put stacking Benjamin's podcast in the uh, search engine and then subscribe and hit the little bell. So, you know, when we're going live, which generally on days when I'm not having internet issues is around uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. All right. I think that's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, ready to tackle the mountain of life now that may, now that vacation season is ending? Start slow and work one bite at a time. You've got this. Second, take a page out of Paula's playbook. When you're feeling overwhelmed, start with the tasks that stress you out the most and then just delete everything else and give up. (laughs) But the big lesson, remember, there's never any problem too big or complicated that you can't run away from. Who says you have to go back to work? Right, Len? Vacation forever, baby. Who's with me? 
Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com slash I hate the Dodgers. Thanks also to Paula Pant. Find her at affordanything.com forward slash Greek goddess. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for great financial planning help? Go to neighbordug.com. Think OG might be a little bit better at this game? Go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG to get to his calendar. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all The Basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at The Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. I just thought we, since we're fixing it in post already, I generally <laughs> like to sit here for, for a minute and a half. <laughs> I, I I generally like watching OG just go. Let's get on with it. Like that's half the fun of the minute uh, delay. But I should have had these horns ready. If we have OG on your board, do you have like a bah, 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 like announcement horns. I don't know that we have any announcement horns because we have a huge announcement today. A huge announcement. Not that. No. <laughs> that we might want to Try save that. that. We might. <laughs> we might want to save those for later. It depends on the quality of the announcement. Till after the announcement. Okay. Yes, I don't have an announcement. Doug doesn't have an announcement. Len, I don't think you have an announcement. OG, I'm fairly certain you don't have one. But I do think that the Paula Pant has an amazing public service announcement for the whole stacker community out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will uh, preface this with, if you are a regular listener to the Stacking Benjamins podcast, you have heard previous discussion about how wonderful macaroni and cheese ice cream is. (laughs) You have also heard a discussion about... He already hit it. He's already even heard the announcement. No, G already hit the button. I feel like this is. I'm just set, setting up the background. You've also heard, of course, about macaroni and cheese flavored candy canes. All right, I still owe you those. They're sitting <laughs> on my desk. Uh, see, see, so this is spread. But I present to you the ultimate, the absolute ultimate in all that cheese flavored 
consumption could be. How did you see this, by the way, Paul? Was this a press release? Did you see a press release? I, so I first encountered it on uh, Colbert Report. Or the Colbert, the late, the late show with Stephen Colbert. Wow, yeah. I am living in the 90s. <laughs> I know, right? uh, the late show with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> um, he mocked it, which led me to immediately seek it out. And, and to give the Colbert show a one-star review, I'm sure. Uh, no, no, I, I uh, credit him with, um, he was also the person who actually clued me into the macaroni and cheese ice cream. So oh. I credit him with informing me every time some type of macaroni and cheese product comes out. Now, this is not macaroni and cheese, by the way, that I'm about to uh, make an announcement about. This is not Kraft mac and cheese. This is Velveeta shells and cheese. And I present to you, can we have a drum roll? Does someone have a drum roll? We we, we only have this one. (laughs) (laughs) Seems appropriate. (laughs) I present to you the Velveeta Martini. Why'd you hit the button on Martini? She had me a Martini. You don't want a Velveeta Martini, OG? That's the cocktail he's drinking right now, in fact. In fact, it is. <laughs> well, what's it garnished with? Is it garnished with like a hot dog slice or something like that? <laughs> right. Even better. Better. So it is called the Veltini. And it is made with Velveeta infused vodka, olive wine, vermouth. It's garnished with a cheese drip and topped with a cocktail pick of Velveeta stuffed olives and, and decoratively uh, garnished with a jumbo Velveeta shells and cheese, like slice of shell. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? I'm, I'm showing a picture here for, for the YouTube audience. It is a Velveeta martini. It combines the two things I love most, artificial cheese and alcohol. <laughs> it looks like cheddar broccoli soup or something. I don't, do I like the red? It would be martini? perfect if you could get drunk at Panera with their broccoli cheddar soup. <laughs> See, Paula's like... Hmm, broccoli cheddar soup with a little vodka. Paula this is like the Velveeta teeny. Take out, take out the little pocket rocket, the flash, <laughs> pour it in the soup. The pocket rocket. She's a pro, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is a woman who knows what she's talking about. I feel bad I for the person think- listening to this podcast going, this is the best thing I've heard the entire show. Yes. This is it. I'm telling you, the the vel. Well, I I actually have not tried it yet. In full disclosure, I've I've eaten the mac and cheese ice cream. I've eaten oh mac and cheese gummies. I've eaten mac and cheese gummy candy. I have not yet tried the vel the veltini the velveeta martini, but the fact that they first were able to infuse vodka with velveeta and then top it with a cheese drip, I mean, I think humanity has reached its pinnacle. And yet we still can't put metal in a microwave. (laughs) But we can put Velveeta. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.